everybody. Welcome to the Cats and Bolts podcast, our Christmas edition, one of a few, and it is episode 12 of what's very quickly become Florida's favorite hockey show. I'm Rod Peterson. She's Serena Taylor, and every week we gather here at Podcast Junkie Studios in downtown Boca Raton, Florida, talking Florida Panthers hockey and Tampa Bay Lightning hockey. We've had some wonderful NHL and Panthers guests stroll through here. It's just Serena and I on this episode, we've got some viewer questions. I've actually got eight really hot questions to address here on uh, our first holiday episode, but we'll have a few coming up here through the uh, Christmas holidays. And I'm going to tell you right off the bat, we're brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, DraftKings, Beach House, Pompano, Baresco, Johnny O's Gymnasium, Workout with the Pros at Johnny O's, and the Diamond Lab, brand new, just opened 364A East Palmetto Park road check it out in downtown boca serena here's what i learned coming out of last week's episode with dale talon the former gm of the panthers and the chicago blackhawks if you ever want to trigger a panthers fan bring up the sergey bobrovsky contract i don't understand why people are so wound up about that no kidding i literally don't get it there were so many people that were commenting like ask him about the and it's yes. like he was so nonchalantly just like well they did go to the finals last year i mean He's like, I would do it again in a heartbeat. And like, yes, Mr. Joe Schmo hockey fan is going to question what someone like Dale Talon does. Come on. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, <laughs> I didn't know. I know now. It's not like I'm going to back off from it or anything like that. I like the Sergey Borowski deal, too. And we addressed that last week with Dale Talon. But what I love is I don't mind the reaction because it tells me people are paying attention. And the interesting thing is, too, Serena has said to me, for anybody that doesn't like what she says, don't even bother writing in because she said, don't tell me. So I don't tell you. And it, it works well for everybody. I just, yeah, I don't, I do not have the bandwidth to care. Like, there's a reason I don't have Twitter. I don't have any of that stuff because it's just I got enough on my plate than to worry about what some idiot has to say. Like, I don't care if people want to express their opinions. That's totally fine. You don't have to agree with everything that we say. I get that. Yeah. But if it's just something stupid, just save your finger energy. Like, <laughs> go for a walk. Well, and, and by the way, listen. I read it because I'm sitting here and I literally don't tell her and I don't want you to address this, but it's the funny thing is they said, number one, I think I told you, they're like, how can you not like Matthew Kachuk? He's on our team. You don't. That's the way that it is. First That's of it. all, it's not my team. There's no such thing as our team. How do I not like Matthew Kachuk? If you don't know why an Oiler fan doesn't like Matthew Kachuk, we are not the same. We are not the same. Don't ask me why I don't like Matthew Kachuk, because if you don't know, that's on you. That's because he was a Calgary Flame more than anything. But you, <laughs> and then the we're other not, one was... we're not wasting minutes talking about why. Exactly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we. What are you watching for if you don't know that? Seriously. So, moving on, as we sit here recording on this day here in Podcast Junkie Studios, the most recent games for these teams we discussed, the Panthers and the Lightning, are these. The Panthers went up and lost 4 nothing at Seattle. Paul Maurice saying it was, the, I guess, the second of this long road trip, the longest of the year, which opened with the win in Columbus on Sunday. But they got shut out in Seattle. Paul Maurice said we were behind pretty much all of the game, chasing the game, which we can get into and analyze that if we want. And then the Lightning lost at Vancouver 4-1. And not many teams are going into Vancouver and winning Serena, but you have, I know, some thoughts on that Lightning Loss. Like they just haven't been that impressive of late. Watching 
the highlights from that game because we're not staying up till one o'clock in the morning watching these games. You can tell that the Lightning are frustrated. They they started off hot. They got a really good goal right away. And then everything kind of started to go downhill. And I can recognize it because the Oilers were the same way, not saying it's to the same extreme. But you can see it. You can see the players are frustrated. There was a goal, Vancouver's, I think, third goal, where they had five guys standing in the slot, all five. You had Kucherov and Sergachev standing around with their head up their asses, not knowing what was going on. It's not because they're bad players or they're not a qualified team. It's just it's one of those things that it's just not clicking and they're frustrated and it is what it is. And it's like we talked about. When Vasilevsky came back, I'm like, you never know how it's going to change the dynamic of a team. And I think they kind of went, cool, we got our goalie back, we're good. It always changes things. John Cooper said after that game, the Lightning head coach, that it was a lot closer than a 4-1 game. I think the reporter said John Cooper lamented the narrow nature of the loss or something like that. But a loss is a loss, and is this something, like, I think they'll figure it out. Oh, I yeah. Do, yeah, 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 right. Like how, how seriously worried would Lightning fans be? No, they shouldn't be. I mean, no. It was a loss in Vancouver. Big deal. Technically, it was 3-1 until an, until an empty net goal. So was it closer? Yeah. He's not really necessarily. I feel like John Cooper has this ability to make everything sound profound when it's really not. <laughs> He's very good at that. And, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it was a 3-1 game. He's not. but one game. Yeah, but then they scored an empty net goal. Mm-hmm. But the goals that Vancouver scored, they earned those goals. And you could see mistakes Tampa was making. John Cooper never likes to point out when his team is making mistakes, ever. Whatever the case, he's not wrong. It wasn't a blowout. It was like one game. Yeah. Let me find. Yeah, but yeah. Well, fans and media are going to pick it apart. That's what they do. Now, I should tell you the roadmap of what we're going to talk about here today. We're going to continue on these Lightning and Panthers road trips. Interesting how they're following each other through Western Canada right now, these two teams that we talk about on this podcast. I did put a question out to our audience and viewership. What NHL arena are you dying to see that you haven't seen yet? And I've got some really good uh, responses that I haven't told you what they are yet, so we're going to get to those. Paul Maurice is 0-4 against the Winnipeg Jets, and they're making a big deal out of it in Winnipeg. You never hear about it here, nor from Paul. I want to talk about that. Are the Panthers going to get a reputation? They've been involved in two brawls so far this year, and that's not really their thing. And we've had another coach firing in the NHL, Craig Berube of the St. Louis Blues. So those are some of the things that we want to talk about here. But I do want to say this. its I don't know if it's a coincidence or not that the Panthers got spanked in Seattle and the Lightning lost in Van. It's only two and a half hours apart on the West Coast, and you think those late starts are... Really tough. I, I, I don't really, but explain why you do. Look at it like this. And and when we were watching the NHL Network last night, they're like, Seattle's lost eight in a row. Are they going to break that streak against Florida tonight? No, no chance. It's not going to be tonight. And I was like, eh, you, you got to understand. We live on the East Coast. Unless you've actually lived on the East Coast, you cannot possibly understand what it's like to go back that way. You have these guys that are used to playing at 7 p.m. local time, and now all of a sudden they have to start playing at 10 p.m. They're playing until 1 o'clock in the morning. That is a big difference. Plus, what happens to your body when you fly? There's a whole mishmash of things that goes on with your body. So people underestimate what really happens. And I think that 
they're prof- everyone's like, well, they're professionals. They should. You can't physically just tell the body to all of a sudden adapt to a new time zone. That three hours is a huge difference. And everybody in hockey, even our buddy Corey, who works in Calgary, even he said the same thing. He's used to mountain time, but he said going back that way is brutal. It's just so much harder. Uh, well, I'll say this. I don't ever, ever, ever hear that argument in football. And you see NFL teams crisscrossing the continent all the time. Yeah, but how much how much mileage do they actually put on their legs? Not that much. Hockey players skate for miles a game. Football players don't. Mm-hmm. Big well, difference. I've traveled a long time, and I, they are still young men. I, I kind of I get it. It's three hours behind. Traveling west from the east is a lot harder than west today. Sorry, from this coast to that coast is harder on your body than them coming out yeah, here. Yeah, correct. Right? It's just the time. It's way too hard. Yeah. Okay. So t- now I have to find this on my phone, but the other NHL arenas that you're dying to see and like whom my favorite team is, mine kind of moves around quite a bit. <laughs> I what? think 10%. Or 15% of the league has been your team at one point or another. Yeah, probably. I'll start being loyal to them when they start being loyal to me. And right now the Panthers have been good. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm calling it up here. It's on. You can go follow. I, I would suggest you do our Instagram. It's at cats and bolts podcast cats letter N bolts podcast. And I said, what's one team? So here we go with the team with the Brinks. Well, first of all, mine is the Madhouse on Madison. United Center in Chicago, but it's only because of Connor Bedard right now. I never used to really want to go. We'll get into that in a second. Yours is Montreal. Centre Bell. Explainez-vous, s'il vous plaît. I feel like I always wish I could have gone to the forum. And I just feel like the atmosphere in Montreal, because obviously you've been to games in some really cool places. Are we going to talk about that too, where our favorite place was? We have to, because I want right to know right now. Your thing. We, we can do whatever the hell we want. Point. That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. I would say Montreal. What about besides Chicago, anywhere you really want to go watch a game? Probably MSG. Now, the interesting thing for me is I've been to a lot of rinks, but the outside, just, you know. We're in New York. I got to go see MSG, but I didn't get inside. You have. Um, Here's what I like about the, and I always call it the Centre Bell because that's what the French call it, the Bell Center. It's no different than the forum in terms of you're going to have those franchise greats sitting right behind the bench. They still do, right? Back in the day, it was Jean Beliveau and Maurice Richard. They all sat behind the bench. Now it's Guy Carboneau and I think Larry Robinson and those guys. They they don't do, no team does it better than Montreal for history, I don't think. Honestly, there's not a lot of teams that do anything better than the Habs. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan. However, I have to give credit where credit's due. That city is completely focused around the Habs. There's just not, I mean, to be fair, Edmonton's pretty close. Edmonton, just for not as long. You go into Edmonton, the Oilers are that city. Mm-hmm. But it just hasn't been 150 years or whatever like the Habs have. Not quite that long, but yeah, it's a big difference. Just to like amazing. any Canadian city, but... The Bell Center, Santa Bell, is the largest rink in the NHL at 21,000 and change. And the coolest thing is they're in their seats, drop of the puck every game. Not No stragglers coming in, right? It's different. And when the team comes on the ice, everybody's up on their feet. 
everybody's going nuts. And that's not mm -hmm. the same in every rink. It just isn't. So it's it's something to behold. Now, for me, with Chicago, I just want to go to Chicago, too. I've never been there. Uh, our good friend mm -hmm. from the Diamond Lab, Scott Rosenthal, is from Chicago. I took him to the Blackhawks game when they were here through Florida. So I think it would be a lot of fun for you and I to go to Chicago. And let's go in the winter if we have to because we're not fans of the cold, but let's go to a Blackhawks game. Good I love point. the Blackhawks jerseys. I want to go see Connor Bedard. There's not many cities left I haven't seen or rinks, and that would be one. They There's... play in the spring. <laughs> we can go in the not spring. Not for a while. Whatever, the fall then. No, no, no. I'm saying they yeah. won't have a playoff. Oh, I know, I don't but think something warmer. <laughs> yeah, warmer than the dead of winter. And we're fans of Shameless, so I want to go check out the Gallagher well, house too. Can we find the address and just go see it? Sure. Okay. Where... <laughs> Absolutely. Where's the best, what's the greatest hockey game you ever watched? The best environment, the coolest place that just comes to your mind. You're like, this is the greatest. Not junior. Whatever. Um, well, this is going to hurt me to say, because your Oilers won. And I think we've established that I grew up as an Oilers fan until the day they traded Wayne. It was the game in Edmonton, game three, 1997, round mm -hmm. one. You know the, what I'm talking yep, about. I do. I think mm -hmm. it was 3 nothing stars with 10 minutes to go. And the Oilers came back and tied. It was playoff game, and I was standing with my dad right behind the Oilers' net in that Zamboni entrance. So I watched it all. And Buckberger went down the right wing and scored the overtime winner. And the Oilers, as we know, went on to win that series in seven. And I guess, if I may, um, they killed every light before the game. Every light. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. And all of a sudden, when they did, they this one spotlight came out on the jerseys over that the, they started dropping seven, yeah, seven coffee, nine Anderson, eleven Messi. The banners were unfolding from the top. Then they started playing "Let's Go Crazy" by Kiss. Nobody does it as cool as Montreal for history. Nobody does it as cool as the Oilers for cool. Edmonton's really fun to watch a game. The environment ever since they built that new rink. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's wild. Well, and, and by the way, from our audience that answered these questions. So that was it. And my, my team didn't win that I was there pulling for the Dallas Stars, put them on the list of teams I cheered for. But um, it was wild being in the barn that night. Let's put it that way. So it's fun to go through this. And again, I appreciate the people responding to the questions. Uh, Santra Bell was the first answer that came through. MSG was the next. And you've been there. I've been to MSG. For games. That was really fun. However, nothing tops being able to go to Maple Leaf Gardens. I went to two games at Maple Leaf Gardens, and the, it was the fifth last game and the seventh last game ever at Gardens. I went to Wendell's last game at the Gardens. He was playing for Tampa at the time, and we were sitting three rows behind the Leafs bench. And remember in, in the old Gardens – Toronto, you had to walk through the bench, the player bench, to mm -hmm. get to your seats. That's what I got to do. Not had to do. <laughs> got to do. Got to walk by the dressing room, walk on the... It was magic. It's pretty interesting because the Montreal Forum is now a movie theater. Which is blasphemous. Maple Leaf add. Gardens is now a grocery store. But you know, when I walked in the gardens, and you're walking in those halls, and they had old... I'm going to get emotional thinking about it. They had old photos, all the players, all the Leafs captains, black and white photos on, you know, like the concrete walls. And when you look out, I'll, I'll never forget 
looking out and seeing Maple Leaf Gardens and every memory from my childhood from Saturday night came back and it was just emotional. It's got in tears. I was overwhelmed by being in that environment. And I'm so grateful that I got to do that. It was just unreal. Ladies and gentlemen, write it down. (laughs) Episode 12 is the first time I've seen Serena get emotional and sentimental about anything. And it took Maple Leaf Gardens and Hockey Night in Canada. Well, yeah. Yeah. And the first time I went to Northlands in Edmonton or whatever it was called before they switched, that one also hit me like a ton of Oh, there's two. (laughs) So Rexall and Maple Leaf Gardens get her sentimental. I'll write that down and make a note. (laughs) I'm being somewhat facetious. You understand. (laughs) Uh, The next person writes in and says, I did my final dissertation on the Climate Pledge Arena, so I think that's my rink I want to see. What Google's the hell is dissertation. That? What the hell is Climate Pledge? Google. What's a dissertation? It's, it's a, an American it's thing, a, I know. It's like a thesis? Yeah. Like yeah. A, yeah. But literally, what is Climate Pledge Arena? Seattle. What the hell is that? I didn't even, I didn't even know that. Well, we can't know everything. I don't even know what the rink in Edmonton was called. So, come on now. I don't pay attention to that stuff. The sponsored names. Um, well, the thing about Seattle, and I did a long monologue on it on my show today, uh, the daily television show that I do, the Rod Peterson show, but the old Seattle Key Arena, which was what this arena was, where the Thunderbirds played in the Seattle Supersonics of NBA fame. It's, I guess they just gutted it all out. They, the roof is really cool. Like, it's right underneath the Seattle Space Needle. It's really cool. And it's an unbelievable city. Good friend of mine plays for the Kraken in Jordan Eberle. He loves Seattle. Like, that would be another thing that they say they're going to get the World Juniors up there. You, you couldn't do both the Kraken game and the World Juniors because the Kraken would be out of yeah. town. So you'd have to pick one. Well, that'd be an easy pick, but yeah, let's see. But that would be a good draw for them because it's right across the border. People it's the can World drive. Juniors folks that she would want to know. Again, if see. you don't know that, you need to turn it off now. Uh, the guy, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Brendan writes in. I'm not sure quite what he means, but he goes, even though it will trigger me, Vegas's T-Mobile Arena seems to be Oh, dope. he must be a... Gambling addict? No! <laughs> He's a either Florida an fan. fan or a Florida fan or something oh, like that. See, my triggers are different than your <laughs> triggers. Okay. See, I'm emotionally like traumatized by hockey. Clearly. Which I'm very blessed that that's the only thing I'm emotionally traumatized by. Yeah. Uh, well, Vegas, I, I'm very, I'm blessed to have been at pretty much all these arenas. And uh, Vegas is great, but it doesn't hold a candle to Rogers Place. That's just me. Oh, please. It's, it's not even, no, but they open within a week of each other. And to be honest, I thought maybe Vegas would get the upper hand on Edmonton mm-hmm. just because it's Vegas. And they don't. I'm sorry. I've had tours of both arenas. It's not even close. Now, they tell me Detroit Little Caesars Arena is better than all of them. But I have no burning desire to go. I just got to take people's word for it. I wouldn't know. Um, I would bet it's probably pretty cool. But just the way the rink in Edmonton is set up, you know, it goes over the street. And they have it set up so that on the other side, there's a whole beer gardens before you even have your ticket to get into the rink. And just like typical Alberta, you can walk in through a casino. <laughs> Let's <laughs> well, go. And Vegas, too, of course. But oh, Yeah, um, good point. <laughs> our hotel friend, Jeff, 
Jeff from Estevan, the hotelier who keeps threatening to come and visit us, but has yet to make good on he that better. threat. Yeah. Um, Come on, man. Which, by the way, he doesn't need to stay with us because he's a hotelier. Yeah, he ain't staying with us. <laughs> he's got Come his, visit. He's got yeah. <laughs> uh, his pick of hotels to stay at when he comes to South Florida for a tour. But he says Edmonton or Vegas. And I've got to say, I mean, I haven't been to Detroit, but everybody says they say that's the best. But for me, it is Edmonton. I'd still rather go to Chicago. I mean, I've already been to Edmonton. So, yeah. Plus, I think the you got to think about the energy in the rink. Like everyone's like, have you ever been to a game in Nashville? I'm like, I'd rather gouge my eyes out than listen to a bunch of screaming people going nuts and making a party out of a hockey game. Hillbillies. It's just not my jam to do that. I like knowing that when I go to a game in Edmonton, everybody else around me is going to be talking about hockey and talking about the hockey game. You know, that's it doesn't happen. everywhere. Uh, yeah. Well, here's Nashville. Hillbillies meets hockey. Meets tourists. And if I wanted that, I would go to Moose Jaw. <laughs> ben doesn't know what that is. Ben doesn't know as probably some of our viewers. Do you know where Moose Jaw is, Ben? Moose Jaw Moose is Jaw. six feet from the Moose's ass. Oh. Yeah. Um, it's probably a lot closer because it's technically the asshole of Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> Next guy uh, says he's dying to see the Mullet Arena. In Phoenix, that and I'm thinking, yeah. come on, why? Are you serious? Because <laughs> it would be the biggest gong show ever. <laughs> Having said that, if they actually put people in there, it would probably be super loud because it only holds, what, 5,000 yeah. people? I'm still, that's a whole nother show. That's a whole show about why that's allowed well, to happen. we've kind of covered that in past yeah. shows with your thoughts about Gary Bettman, but I don't understand why you would want to go to a 5,000-seat arena, and I can't remember who the dude is that answered that. But there's a lot of other 5,000-seat arenas you could go to that would be cooler than that, in my opinion. But I think um, from that standpoint, watching an NHL game in a 5,000-seat arena would be really cool. They say it's cool, guys that have been there, once, but they shouldn't be playing there (laughs) two, three, four years with no plan to go anywhere else, which is, again, a a topic for another show. Um, I got to say this, and and I love this, too, by the way. That through this show and the more time that I spend here, I've got people coming up in South Florida wanting to talk hockey. And it's interesting because I think we talked a little bit about it last week. My guys from my club were all saying, oh, what happened in Ottawa? It was this brawl and this had never happened before. And I'm like, well, I didn't want to pee on their parade. But I'm like, this is nothing compared to what it used to be. But it got their attention. Now these people are coming up to me, whether it be at the gym, at Johnny O's or wherever. Places I go, yard house, beach house, obviously, and they say, poor Connor Bedard. Chicago's the worst team in the league, and this kid is the only good player they have. And that's what I wanted to address with you with our fifth point is, like hockey people, nobody really feels sorry for Connor Bedard, and I don't think you do either. And it's not just the paycheck. They'll be good. And that's my point. Blackhawks' future. Do you think they will be good in his time, or are they going to be bad forever? No. He's going to turn that into a place where players want to go play. We all went through it. Anybody who's ever had a first round number one overall pick has gone through this stage. That's why they got the pick. Chicago's not. We had this discussion last night. Chicago's not hideous. They're the worst team in the league. But like I said, I saw glimmers of sunlight when they were playing here. It wasn't embarrassing. Yeah. It's not like it was embarrassing. And, you know, 
I don't feel sorry for Bedard because he doesn't feel sorry for himself. No. He's not that kind of a guy. He's He knows as an 18-year-old, he is already a professional, unlike some of the media people that are like, oh, they're complaining already. Bro, it's been 28 games. Chill out. Have some professionalism. You don't see the players complaining. There's not a bad vibe coming out yeah. of that locker room. He's going to make that a place where players want to go play, but it doesn't happen overnight. It's like my clients when they're, how come I'm not losing weight? Um, it's been a week. <laughs> Chill out. Yeah. Chill out, people. Uh, well, and that's the thing. I, I appreciate that people are approaching me with these questions, but I kind of think like the NHL and hockey is no different than the sport that you follow. Like, if the Dolphins had one great star player and he was struggling, would you say we got to get Tua out of here? The poor guy. No, you bring in Tyreek Hill. No, you draft Jalen Waddle. It's the exact same Happens. thing. Yeah. Right. So he'll be fine, the, and it's going to be a while. The thing is, but it's like you just said, it's people here. It's not people in Canada going around going, I feel sorry for Connor Bedard because they know the process. Yeah. But it's no different than any other sport. It's but no, it's no, correct. It's the people that aren't like really big fans of said sport or said team. It's the casual sports fan that's like, oh, that must be horrible for him. Yeah. Well, overall, I'm just glad that people start conversations on it. You know, I'm glad that we're talking hockey. As Craig Button said to me, TSN's director of scouting today, he goes, this show is growing the game. And that's that's what we wanted. So people are noticing. Well, no, I only got it. Hmm? That's what, but our, he doesn't have to grow the game in Chicago. It's original 16, but he's bringing the interest back there. Exactly. Uh, just a couple last things, but fun things. Winnipeg Jets came through here and they shut out the Panthers 3-0. To be honest, I never thought anything about it. Whatever, it was a good game. I didn't think about the fact that Paul Maurice was their coach two years ago and resigned in the middle of the season because he was sick of coaching them. Because we, I really like Paul Maurice. I won't speak for you. I mean, we've never personally met him. I've been around him. I've heard great things. Um, they were upset in Winnipeg that after the game, Paul Maurice didn't give the Jets any credit for winning here 3-0. They're like, Paul said, Pomo said, we beat ourselves. The only player that played or tried was Lomberg. And Winnipeg was upset. Why can't he give us credit? And I'm like, you're never going to get credit. Like, maybe it's a Winnipeg thing. But I just, they, they rubbed it in. They're like, we're 4-0 against Paul Maurice since he dipped out of Winnipeg. And I'm like, when are you going to get over this? Because he's not talking about it. I haven't talked to him about it, but the people that are around Paul Moe here say he never even brings up Winnipeg, positive or negative. He's focused on here, and he loves it here. I mean, I have no issues. I don't care. I'm neutral when I was it comes say, did to Did you think Maurice. it would be a thing? I don't. I, don't, I mean, this is where it kind of goes back to the John Cooper situation. He will not. He will not say his team did anything wrong, and he will not give the other team credit. When <laughs> Winnipeg came in here, they dominated. He's like, we beat ourselves, bro. You lost to a fast skating team. Winnipeg is fast. Fastest team in the league, probably. They're unbelievable. There's not enough. But I mean. People like, I don't know. He's, of course, he's not going to say, oh, the Jets, like, they were just so great. I mean, come on. Like, what do people want? They asked him what he thought. He said what he thought. Move on. Well, it's like, is it not enough that you won? You need him to admit? Oh, no, 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 no. You know that. I guess that's just something that came up recently, and I thought it was funny. Um, and, and another thing that came up was this okay, the Panthers have a little 
melee in Ottawa. I won't even dignify it as calling it a Donnybrook. There was one <laughs> fight, as an NHL scout pointed out to me. And then they go into uh, Columbus, and there's a Donnybrook there. All started by Nick Cousins in a boarding call, and then Eric Branson Junts Cousins and Kachuk is in the middle of it, blah, 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 blah. And I said to you, are the Panthers going to end up getting a reputation because they're involved in these – they're not – they're – they're between a scrum and a Donnie. A scrum's nothing. A Donnybrook is full-scale, five-stage yeah. gonger. It's somewhere in between. And they're not even gooning it up. Like, no. that's the thing. There's a difference between the Broad Street Bullies and the 2023-24 Florida Panthers. They're not going to get a reputation. Those guys are not tough enough to get a reputation. You get a reputation from being tough. Those guys are not tough they're cheap, some of them, or they make cheap shots, whatever. They're not cheap players, but th that's just what happens on every friggin' team. It's like, I'm like, I don't understand how everybody here hates Brad Marchand. I'm like, you know how many Panthers players play the exact same style? And you don't hate, like, I don't understand. But like I said to you, people are getting sick of the Panthers running around and doing stupid things, and they get away with breaks. They got a an offside call that they got away with that led to a goal. They just get the breaks. People are getting frustrated with that. And that's why they're going nuts. They see the way Matthew Kachuk plays and they don't like it or whatever. It's they do the same against Boston. Yeah. Teams get upset when Brad Marchand comes. It's just the way it yeah. goes. Well, I've worked for teams that got breaks and I've worked for teams that never got breaks. Yeah, for sure. And I can tell you that it's a lot better getting the breaks <sighs> and the Panthers have nothing to apologize for. It's not their fault. You know, and if teams are getting upset at them, the thing that that I see that you don't or didn't is when people start stuff with the Panthers, they can actually finish it. But they're not tough. Panthers aren't a tough team. No, they're but not, they're not pussies either. No, they're not going to back away. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't really see. Well, having said that, you, if you want to go down that road, I've never seen Kachuk turn around to somebody who's not smaller than him and pick a fight. He'll, like we said, I turn around, and if that dude's bigger than him. He backs off. He'll go up behind somebody and stuff, but he's that's a guy that's, that will not. That's him, though. It, right. It if, is him. It, if you it notice, I'm not arguing. I, she, she's got me there, but I'm just saying they're not a team of pussies or doormats. No. I like the fact that they can play it tough if you want to. I don't think they could do it every night. But how many teams well, can? Well, too small. They yeah. don't, they're not big and aggressive. They don't hit hard. It's just no. they muck it up. That's why Vegas beat him in the Stanley Cup Finals. Well, there's a variety of reasons. Yeah. Vegas was so good. Well, was there you go. Um, what a wonderful addition. Uh, there was a few more points, but we'll save Are them we for... Done? Yeah, that's it, man. What do you um, mean it's not it? We got plenty That's the of whole time. idea. You said your throat was hurting, so I wanted to go easy on you. You, you did well. Please. What? We still have plenty of <laughs> when time. When it comes to hockey, um, she's fine. She's miraculously fine. She wants to keep talking. Well, hey, this floor is yours. Anything oh, you said else? you had a few more points well, to talk it's just, about. Well, I think this wound it up fine. I mean, in terms of this, okay, one more. Craig Berube was fired as the head coach of the St. Louis Blues on Monday night, or Tuesday night, hours after they lost to Detroit 6-4. I didn't have it coming, and I think or see that coming, and I think part of this is I feel like he just had the interim tag taken off his name in St. Louis. Turns out that was like six seasons ago. I know. So. It did go by fast. Yeah. But... One thing I'll give St. Louis credit is when you make a decision like that, it's a tough decision to make, but they didn't mess around with it. They just said, we're cutting this cord. It's done. Game over. 
Well, and interestingly enough, uh, it was November of 2016, no, November of 2019 that he took over. So it was very similar to these coaches. Well, him being fired now was December. Jay Woodcroft had to have been October, wasn't it? In Edmonton, I did not have Craig Berube mm. being the next head coach fired in the NHL. No, me neither. I actually thought it would be DJ Smith of Ottawa and why he it, isn't. Yeah. I have no idea. That's another thing. That's exactly it. But it, sometimes I think there's things that go on. But I, did you see the uh, the other night? I think Brady Kachuk had a had a penalty shot against no. Carolina. Goalie came out to poke Jack. They did ended get up getting him? into an argument. After I was like, "Let's go!" Should have speared him in the it, face. It had to have been. Uh, it had to have been a penalty shot. I didn't. See, I just saw the thing without the volume on, so I didn't know what was maybe happening. A sh- well, wasn't it a was shootout? Wasn't yeah. So, so anyway, I was like, "Oh, everybody's everybody's mucking it up." Maybe that's what Ottawa needs. Start gooning it up a little well, bit. That kid can do it, but they're not. They're less tough than Florida. Hey, before we run, we want to tell you everybody a big thank you to our friends at DraftKings. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this December. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code THPN. You can see it on the screen. It stands for the Hockey Podcast Network. THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. We're also, when we have guests, they receive gift cards from Beach House Pompano, a scenic rooftop restaurant on the shores of Pompano Beach, and Buresco right across the street, a tropical outpost serving only the freshest tacos and lush jungle vibes, 225 North Pompano Beach Boulevard. That's got it. Great job, kid. I don't get enough time on this show. See you next week here on the Cats and Bolts podcast.